All right. Welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. I am your co-host, Mason, followed by none other than Jacob Newton. And today we have a little bit of a sad episode, if we're going to be completely honest. But before we dive into the West Virginia breakdown, the very sad West Virginia breakdown, first want to give a shout out to our boy Ben and BNC Fieldhouse. Best place to watch the big game, as you guys already know. But also they have $5 wraps and $3 adioses for their FAC deal. Um, great place to watch the big game. So if you guys have a place to go for the Iowa State game, make sure you head on over to BNC Fieldhouse uh, if you're not going in the game, that is. And um, also, Thursday night, they just started this past week. They are starting Pride Night. So should be some fun entertainment for Thursdays moving forward. So head on over to BNC Fieldhouse. Best place to watch a big game. Best drink deals and food deals on Welch Avenue. But without further ado, we'll get into the West Virginia breakdown. And the Cyclones win 38 to 24. Oh, wait, we exist in the Big 12. We're officiating doesn't. And we ended up losing 38-31. Um, let me just say right away, I, Liam, plug in the sound bite from last episode. <laughs> Dude, I'm overlooking it. If I'm being so honest, like I'm seeing that this game sneaks in October. I'm just saying thanks for coming out, West Virginia. Because I said that I was totally overlooking them, that I had already moved on to Texas and I raised my hand all in the confidence that our team was not doing exactly what I was doing. And also with the idea that the refs were going to maybe show up and be, I don't know, at least halfway decent. But Newt, what are your thoughts before I, before I totally just, you know, bombard my entire demeanor with just negativity? <laughs> um, you know, as a fan and someone who tries to be logical when breaking down games, I hate blaming the refs for losses, but it's really hard <laughs> to not do it here. Um, man, it was so frustrating to watch that game. Um, that combined with how shitty the broadcast was, the camera mm -hmm. angle, everything just surrounding this game, which is bad, like Juju and – I mean, like the the referee blunders were on big calls and really costed the Cyclones throughout the game. And anytime they wanted to try to get some momentum, or you think that they might be able to pull away or get back in it, it was just like nope, another another hurdle to jump over. And it's just mm -hmm. frustrating because you know you really don't want the outcome of a game to be surrounding a bad call. We talked about this in Oki State last week, like. Xavier Hutchison play was stupid. Um, and it just seems like after this week, it's the same thing. Like it's complaining about multiple calls that all screwed over the Cyclones. And you know, it's also really bad when a lot of like college football commenter, like commenters and, and voices on, on Twitter or like who are not biased, not Cyclone biased like us, who are like, wow, what is going on in this Iowa State game? Or clearly Brees Hall mm -hmm. was pass a goal line or down or whatever. And it's just really frustrating because, you know, this also puts us in a really tough spot to, you know, try and make the big 12 title game and everything like that. And it's really frustrating. And I, I don't want to blame the refs, but like they definitely had a lot of sway in the mm -hmm. game for, for if, if we don't want to fully throw it all on them. So one thing I saw on Twitter, I saw, people saying I'm so sick and tired of Iowa state fans blaming the refs. 
And to be honest, yeah, I, I agree with those people that are feeling that way. I, I, it's fun to blame the ref sometimes. Like when we were very good and quite literally we needed one play to bail us out, it was fun to blame the refs because at the end of the day, we knew we weren't that great. And we knew that, oh man, if, if the refs had called it this way, we probably would have gotten the win there. That reminds me of 2013 Texas, right? When we, uh, when we clearly stripped the ball and almost ran it for a touchdown with one minute left when we were up by six, right? Um, the difference between this game and that game, that was one singular play that decided the outcome of the game. Yes, did Iowa State get screwed on it? Yeah, we did. But at the end of the day, you can point to so many other plays within that game and say, we could have won the game there. We could have won the game there. We could have won the game there. But that was the one play that dictated the sole purpose of the game, right? We shouldn't blame the losses on just one blown call. You're right. I, I don't like that either. It, it feels like a scapegoat. It, it feels like just, it feels lazy, right? But we haven't even gotten into it. There were four separate plays that guaranteed it was a 21 point swing. It was guaranteed a 21 point swing, possibly even 28 point swing. And that is not just a notion of one bad call that dictates the entire game. That is a bad call on top of a bad call on top of, oh my gosh, another bad call. Holy shit, a fourth bad call. It, it's there is so much reason to complain there. And, and, you know, Newton and I have been, or not anymore, but we played sports our entire life and we played them, you know, with the intentions of, give it your best and stuff happens. Don't ever blame the refs, right? That that's kind of one thing. At least I tried to pride myself on whenever I was in the midst of the game. Again, watching as a fan, it can be a little bit different, but that game was ridiculous. Um, do we even want to go into all of the plays on how they were wrong or, or do we just know that all of those calls were wrong? I, I mean, shouldn't say wrong. No, there's a couple and, that were tough. And they're, they're just so frustrating. You know, obviously the early game ones, you can kind of come back from a little bit more, but holy shit, man. That, the last five minutes of that game was just so brutal. Like the Brees Hall one is so dumb. And the fact that sideline so judges is, is calling that a touchdown and then somehow that he's getting overruled when he by far has the best angle of, you know, yeah. that, you know, where the ball could have been or if Brees crossed a plane with control of the ball, whatever, if he was down, like, ridiculous that 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 happened and you, you even see matt campbell on the broadcast was just like pointing to the silent judge like hey like listen to your guy he had the best angle mm -hmm. he was right there and i knew as soon as i went to replay we were not going to get that one because it's just like no nope, yeah. they're not going to be like oh inconclusive evidence we're giving it back to us. exactly and it was like holy shit and then even like the last drive was so frustrating like brock purdy extends gets it past for a first down, um, you know, picks it up on, on third and long, and then they mark him short and inbounds. So then we lose like 20 plus seconds. We lose the clock stoppage that you get for the chains moving and everything. And we go from having, you know, potentially three plays at the end from our 20 to then getting a full start, losing 10 seconds, and then having one Hail Mary chuck up where they know we have to go to the end zone on this play no matter what. And, and that's Did how you even mentioned that the clock should have stopped there too. Yeah. The clock should have stopped because that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it should have been stopped. Oh, at okay. Five seconds. And we, we get up to the line we can either spike it or run the play. And, and that, that play doesn't even have to be like an, an end zone play at all. Cause we'd have 35 seconds left and can dictate the pace. But then instead we're, we're rushed. We have to pick up 
a, a first down or, or whatever, like it changes everything. And then we get a false start and it's just, you know, it sucks because like, you don't want that to be like the big takeaway from the game. Like I would want, mm-hmm. if we lost, it would be great to just pick. Like, yeah. This, like, you know, like we said with Oklahoma state last week, like they played really well. It was a great game on both ends and Iowa state pulled it out. West Virginia did play well and our defense struggled to stop them, but there were some huge helps that they got from the referees that also like mm-hmm. and prevented Iowa state from potentially pulling this one off. And you don't want to make excuses like that. Like it would have just been great if there wasn't so much controversy surrounding it, especially at the end of the game like that, like it was. And I think that just makes it really frustrating as a fan base. And, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I, I feel really bad for the players because that's just got to be so frustrating to deal with, like in the moment and, and kind of be at the mercy of, you know, some, some shitty calls. So, yeah, I, I mean, that, that penalty at the end of the game was truly what killed the game. I, I mean, cause that is, sorry, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding the words. Cause I, it's however many days has been since the game. And I'm, I'm still a little perplexed on how it even happened. Like the, the clock stoppage that should quite literally be, I'm not out here calling for people's heads, but how can anyone miss that? There is so there are multiple refs on the field. There are also multiple coaches on the field that are damn well telling them, you know, how it should be. And when you're forcing yourself into, okay, well, I thought we had, you know, the regular uh, play clock to hike the ball and you're sitting at, I think 30 seconds, you can get a solid four plays there. And when you're 30 yards away, that that's like for Brock Purdy and that offense, that's a very doable tie in, in or very doable way to tie a game. But yeah, you, then you're forced into okay, shoot, the clock is running. Now we gotta we gotta get this. It's fourth and one. We gotta run something here. Penalty. Now it's fourth and five. And right from there, you're like, okay, we should have had fourth and one with thirty some seconds left. Assuming we would get the first down. No, we should have like had a first down. Downs. He extended. Yes, yeah, that first down before first. anything else. Yeah, you're right. Like it should have been a first from the get go. But I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, if it's not a first then that at least needs to be a stop clockage because they cruelled him out of bounds. Just none of it makes sense. Like there's someone wrong in whatever situation you're looking at. And that catch, that touchdown catch, I do want to give a shout out to the the wide receiver for West Virginia because in or not, that was a hell of a catch. Oh my gosh, it was impressive. He he was not in though. He wasn't. In the first time I watched it, I thought maybe he kind of glided in there, but they say you can piece together the evidence by looking at the different angles. You know, the first angle I saw, I'm like, okay, I think he got it. And then they showed me angle two, angle three, angle four, and you can piece that together and see, no, his foot never touched. And there actually is conclusive evidence. And that was, oh, that was what I don't get. The fourth and the fourth down where they hiked the ball and it was clearly zero seconds on the clock. Like, oh my gosh, did we cover all of them? I'm sure we're missing more, but. I don't know if we got enough time in this episode and it's, I, how many times do I have to say, I hate blaming the refs, but I don't know what else to do after a situation like that. And part of me almost wants to say West Virginia, I'm sure they're happy. They got the win, but I know that there's a big pit in a lot of those players stomachs that, you know, just resonates with them that they got away with one there. And, And I don't think winning that game feels as satisfying either. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're still gonna take a dub. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> that that's just how that goes. But 
I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's really frustrating. And, you know, you could tell that we missed Mike Rose on the defensive end. Like it was night how just, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was so weird how, how bad the defense played, like, you know, and, and they've been, they've been very good for the most part for this year, but it, it was crazy. It seemed like he had so much time back there. They threw for almost 400 yards against our defense. Like Jeez. It, just, it just seemed like we could not buy a stop. Um, and it, it was frustrating. And, and it's one thing that, that Heacock has kind of, you know, Sometimes he tries to get by with only pressuring three and it can be really frustrating and give quarterbacks like too much time. And that puts a huge strain on your secondary too. But um, I don't know, man, yeah. I, like we just need Mike Rose back is, is kind of the biggest takeaway. Cause there, it just seemed like there was such a, such a gap in our, our defenses of play. And um, you know, it was, I mean, the offense did a, a pretty damn good job and yeah. Oh, not too many mistakes there. Punting was still so shitty. I I feel like every week I tweet, can I would say, can Matt Campbell please find a punter? And yeah. I, I don't care. Corey Dunn needs like he doesn't get hang time on his punts and it screws over the coverage team. Like it is mm-hmm. he has these line drive ass punts that the returner gets so quick that he has so much room to like meander and get down and it screws over our coverage team so badly. And it's just like Mavis. I mean, that man just got to do this baby. Like it's, it's become that, but we cannot keep having the, like those kind of blunders on, on special teams and stuff like that. It's so frustrating, especially when your defense isn't playing good. Like you have to try and give them every advantage possible. And I mean, you have to give hats off to West Virginia and especially their quarterback, um, Droge, Doge. I don't know. It's, it's day heat. It, I, I want to go off on that a little bit. So last episode, I said Jared Doge. I'm still going to call him Doge. Jared Doge, Doge is, is a guy. Yeah, Doge is cooler. So I, I got a lot to say here. First of all, Doge, good for you. You had a good game. I didn't say you were bad, but I did say that you were a guy and I didn't say you were anything more than a guy. And I, I still, I still deep down kind of believe that, but I mean, you knew that he's a capable quarterback, you know, he has, he throws a good deep ball. Um, and yeah, he, he did play very well. My biggest annoyance is so Jared Doge, I think it's D O E G E. It, it looks like it should be pronounced Doge. That's hilarious. Right? Like let's, let's just call him Doge. And at first the announcers, which we're definitely going to get into the announcers, they said Doge. And I was really pumped because I have never heard his name actually said out loud. And I was really excited because I'm like, there's no possible way that a person whose name visually looks as hilarious as that is actually pronounced as hilariously. But there's a Doge, and I was super pumped. I was excited to call him Doge the rest of the game. And then they went to Dohi. And then at one point they said Dodge. Then they said Dehi. And then they landed on Dagi or Deji. And they just stuck with that the rest of the game. So that pissed me off. The announcers really kept screwing up his name, getting me really excited. It was just like they a didn't moment know of emotions. Speak. They didn't know Brandon speaking. Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Oh my Brandon gosh. Whedon. Holy shit. Well, Courtney the, was worse, but Brandon was pretty obviously pissed off. <laughs> it was so bad. He was, I 
I was so goddamn close to putting my just TV on mute and watching this thing in silence because I could not say it. I was getting so irritated by the commentators and Brian Moon was so bad. He it was, was, it was terrible things. And he couldn't find words. And it was literally like they picked up a man off the street to try and commentate this game, which they probably did because it was on ESPN plus. And then the other lady, the only Courtney, she only cheered for West Virginia. Anything positive. I would say did. And that's Brock Purdy with a completed pass uh, for a touchdown to Tariq Milton. And then like, that's a four yard rush by Letty Brown. Virginia. And they have set up a second and six on the Cyclone 48. And it was like, what is going on? The way it like, I'm not we, had, we had a pick shit ass ESPN plus. And the worst part is so bad. Other basketball game is on there this winter. And I'm just going to like, it's so bad. ESPN, your service is shit. Please figure it out. It's terrible. The commentators was awful. The camera was bad, dude. It, it, dude, had, the like, camera, it felt like I was watching sickness. an episode it was of like, The Office. Yeah. Huh? Dude, you know, in The dude. Office, like when something happens and then they like, they're like, they're panning, they're, you know, they have their, their video centered on Jim Halpert, right? And then in the background on the other corner of The Office, Dwight does something stupid. And then the camera just jerks, right? To try and get the, whatever Dwight's doing. It's like that camera was jerking like you see in The Office every single episode. But that happened at every play. I'm like, what am I watching? I'm getting sick watching this just because of how fast you're moving the camera. And I, I don't know. We're unprofessional, but we could have probably operated that camera better than them. And I, I usually say that as a joke. I feel pretty confident. I think we could operate that camera a lot better than them. That entire broadcast. I would do a better job calling that game as a diehard Cyclone fan and not cheering for the Cyclones near as much as that girl did. I, I would be able to hold it together better than her. Holy it, shit, that was bad. And, like, there were so many production issues where, like, they'd be trying to show a replay of the previous play, and then the next play would go, and then they'd start, like, middle of the fucking play. And I'm like, can you guys please not do this? Like, like I don't want to miss a snap. Like, what is going on? It is horrendously bad. And please, if you have ESPN+, Plus, do not give them any money ever. Like, cancel no. it. I don't know what. I know it's terrible for the Big 12 to do that, and that's why I feel conflicted. But that product is so shit that, like – I would feel so bad if any of my friends were like, hey, man, I'm paying $6.99 a month for this ESPN Plus product. I'd be like, dude, I have a beach house in Idaho to sell you. Like, I have some MLM scams to get into if, if you are interested in some products here. Like, those are the people to target so for bad. your pyramid. It was so frustrating. And it just like, it was all, it was like the perfect, annoying ass, like three and a half hours. Like, I, I feel like you could just like get all of like Twitter's collective rage, like Cyclone Twitter's collective rage was like, mm-hmm. we're so fucking annoyed. <laughs> and it was dude completely justified. And we're still. You know, on- what's what's so crazy, though, is like whenever we play a game on ESPN plus. Yeah. Whether it's basketball or football, the entire timeline isn't even talking about the game. Like the entire Twitter timeline is bitching about how bad ESPN plus is. The commercial breaks were weird. Like it wouldn't have sound for minutes and i'm like wait did, did the tv turn off oh no it's just espn plus you can't change channels in between we already talked about the camera is basically like you hire the cameraman out of the office and yeah did the commentators do we i could i could fill an entire book with my feelings for those commentators i hated them so much marchie tweeted he's like i you think um brandon we didn't still a little salty from that 2011 loss you think definitely yeah. 
<sighs> Definitely. You got anything else on this game, or can we can we flip the script on horns down? I could talk for another hour about how pissed <laughs> off I am, but I mean, we got to call it eventually. Yeah, we can talk about horns down. Um, horns down, horns down, horns down. So they're confusing. To me, they're confusing. I mean, in all these games that they've played against. Wait, wait, wait. I want to mention something. We were okay. this Tuesday afternoon. Did you mm-hmm. see the monkey shit that came out? No, I saw some people talking on Twitter about something with a monkey. Fill me in. Dude, okay. So supply- <laughs> there's there's no bullshit on this. So what happened is Texas's special teams coach. He's a real family man. He legitimately left his family and his wife to date a stripper. So he's got great, great morals here. Dates a stripper. Mm-hmm. Stripper's okay, name cool. is Pole okay. Assassin, or her nickname's like Pole Assassin. Okay. She has a pet monkey. I'm so, into it. <laughs> what happened last night was their pet monkey attacked and bit a child <laughs> who was trick-or-treating. And like Twitter just blew up. Like we are not like, like the original tweet this morning and it's just blown up. Was the guy's like, I'm not lying about this, but there's legitimately like a monkey attack. And it's the Texas special teams coach who's involved in it. And it is, it has got to be one of the most insane storylines that I've seen. And it is just wild that someone like that is. I don't. I don't even know. Existing. I, it, I have. I have no other comment on it because I'm like this cannot be real, but it's real, <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Shit. So, wait. So, memeing and making fun of Texas for the monkey thing. I'm sure we'll see some monkey costumes in the soon section this weekend as well, which would be very funny. Um, and if, so, is he like on injured reserve because of this monkey incident? No, he didn't get bit a child did like a random okay i missed that got bit by the monkey how does a random child get bit by a monkey dude so like supposedly and like the the craziest part too is like the stripper her she was putting out videos like no we had like the monkey like we had signs posted to like stay away and keep out. And the signs literally looked like they were just handmade like 10 minutes before that video. <laughs> and they were made out of like paper and like a Crayola crayon. <laughs> and, <laughs> they, like, just, they just grabbed said, like stay away. That was in their home. Captive, like monkey do not disturb. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, oh man, dude, Twitter's been having a field day with it. And it's it's wild. It, it's ridiculous. So that's the news leading into this game, and it's funny. But now we can get into actually Texas and, and how we I, feel about them. I genuinely don't even know like how to internalize that. I, I so that's a lot to unpack. And you're right. We should probably go to the game preview. But I'm still on this monkey thing. So. He left his wife and kids. He has kids. So here for it is. a stripper who has a monkey. He left his you wife and it, kids to be with a stripper named Pole Assassin, who has a pet, who is part of her stripping act. The monkey is a parting. Okay, okay. Well, she's just the world's best stripper. Then I don't know. She's a pole assassin. <laughs> she is a pole assassin. Okay. 
All right. What's the monkey's name? Does it have the monkey's name? No. All right. So basically what happened is someone tweeted Tom Campbell at Thomas G. Campbell. I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorns special teams coach Jeff Banks monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater last night on Halloween. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. Then there's a follow-up tweet from the stripper who said, people lie so much. It's ridiculous. Stop believing everything you hear and more of what you see. And then PFT commenter <laughs> got in on it, said, I don't want to believe it, but is your monkey and the child okay? And then she said, no one was viciously attacked. She was not a part of the haunted house and the kid did not have permission to be on the other side of my property. So like supposedly they had a haunted house and then the monkey bit the kid and that's what happened. So. Oh my gosh. I don't, my mind is racing right now. My mind is racing. Um, okay. Well, shout out to that monkey. Shout out to that kid. Glad to hear you're okay. Um, but bigger shout out to what's her name? Pole, pole, pole assassin, pole assassin. She, she's got a fan in me, you know, that's, if you use a monkey for your routine and your name is pole assassin, then I don't know, you're, you're doing something right. She's using a monkey with her routine. I mean, we got to give her a little bit more credit for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm just sticking with that. Okay. Now to talk about football. Um, gosh, I, I'm still trying to pull myself out of that to talk about football. They confuse me. Their football team does. The monkey stuff does confuse me as well, but their football I mean, team are, really confuses me. They're a classic Texas team of obviously have a shit ton of talent, but obviously love underperforming. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. the talent might do a good job and they might have a good game plan or something and you get a good result. But for the most part, you're, you know, you're not really sure what you get. They, to be fair, Texas is, and I would say I've had some really close games over the years mm-hmm. and they do will show up because of that element. But yeah, I mean, that's a, that's kind of what they are. It's and it's classic Texas over the years with, you know, Steve Sarkeesian now at the realm, they're still very Texas mm-hmm. back. Um, you know, they love losing close games to teams and mm-hmm. horns down and that's that's that but they also always have great talent they're gonna give you a hard-fought game and you know so this was one of my lost predictions and you guys hate me for it i hate myself for it i get it my biggest thing is i i think steve i think sark is a really good coach i really do and my biggest fear playing them in november was just all right, he's going to get his foot underneath him. It's going to be a hot mess, you know, first half of the season because he's got, he just doesn't really know how to change that culture. It'll take him some time, you know, seeing them and on November 6th is going to be tough. In my opinion, I just think he's a damn good coach and they've shown really, really strong flashes of greatness. I mean, scored 28 points alone in the second quarter against tech. I mean, tech. Okay. Tech is also weird. We'll get into them later. They're not the worst team either. Like that's scoring 28 against any, you think? I mean, like you're at a Kansas and TCU who just lost their coach. Tech's probably the next worst in the big 12 and they are on an interim coach as well. So 
Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Either way, scoring 28 points against anyone though shows that you can be really good. But like they look so electric sometimes. Like they'll go from quarter to quarter. One quarter they look like my goodness, they look like a top four team. And then the very next quarter, they will just get bullied the entire way through. And I, I don't understand them. It really uh, concerns me, though, because it shows that they have the capability of being really good. Um, but they just don't look buttoned up. They look like they're just kind of a hot mess running around with, like you said, a bunch of talent. Um, the, the biggest worry is, will this be the game where Sark figures it out and can pull all the talent together to be great for an entire four quarters? I don't think they'll make it the entire four quarters, but I do think they're going to make it really, really tough on Iowa state. Um, they got, they got speed too. I always thought that Tom Herman was kind of the cancer of the program earlier and they got him out and I think Sark is good. So from a, a coaching transition, I think they made the right move. I think um, Caleb Thompson is pretty damn underrated in my opinion. I think he can be really good. Um, I think he's probably top three quarterback in the big 12, but Ah, they're they're a weird team. We'll just see. I don't know what else to say. We'll see. What are you looking at? I was trying to play our favorite game of guess the line. Ooh, I don't know the line. Oh, I do want to give a shout out to Tariq Milton, who was one yard away from Mr. 69 last game. Guess the line for Texas, Iowa State. Um, Iowa State's going to be favored. Um, I'm just going to do negative five. Close. Minus six and a half, I would say. A touchdown again. I mean, I don't know. I think you guys know what I would bet. I think you, I would take pe- I would take Texas with the points. I think I would stay still going to, I don't know. The more I've been watching Texas this year, you know, pregame, they were my loss. Um, I think, I think we will scrape by though. I do just because we're way too pissed off to play like shit. Like we're not going to come out flat. I don't think we will. Gosh, I hope I'm wrong. Or I hope I'm right there, but um, I, I can't see it being a blowout either which way. Um, Cause Texas is too damn talented and they haven't lost a single game with more than a possession. You know, all of these games they've lost have been a touchdown or less. And I don't know. They, they blew out Texas, Rice, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Arkansas, they lost 40 to 21, but it'll be a close game. I'm just very concerned if, if Sark has maybe figured it out at this point in the season, we could be up against a really tough uphill battle against Texas. Texas is exactly like the LeBron, like 2011 memes that were super popular where it was like, Hey, LeBron, I gave you a dollar. Why'd you only give me back? Like, three quarters and it's like because he doesn't play in the fourth or whatever like you know those kind of fucking ah. because that is exactly what texas has done the last four ga- three games is they've blown fourth quarter leads like bad if i exactly leads going into their last three games heading into the fourth and they've lost all three of them but that's what's scary though it shows that they're capable of being really Correct. good and potentially beating everyone like they, they could have potentially beaten every – I mean, we could have too, so maybe you can make that argument for, for more people than we're willing to admit. But I, I also need to say, dude, our DBs, oh, man, our cornerbacks are getting beat, and they have speed on their perimeter. I, I don't know. I, I Our cornerbacks did not look the best last game, and I, I hope that they show up 
you know, looking like different set of cornerbacks out there, but yeah, and they were, they were getting drilled last game. And I think Texas's offense is better than West Virginia's. Uh, oh boy. It's, it's scary to me. The other thing too, that's really interesting is Texas has been getting gashed on the ground. I believe they have allowed almost 200 yards rushing every single game um, that they've lost. These last three games that they've lost, all the teams have been basically doing it on the ground, which bodes well for for us. Mm-hmm. Just had a, a fantastic ground game again. I'd say Brees had 168, right? 185. Yeah. I mean, we, we easily no, clipped over 200. Sorry. sorry, Brees had 167, just to clarify. So that's, that's one thing that I think definitely plays to Iowa State's advantage. And I think you're just – I think you're going to get a Matt Campbell team where he's he's going to possibly just try and, and really slow this game down, have great, um, you know, move the ball, show dominance drives, and, and kind of, you know, try and control tempo and pace and everything like that and, and hopefully, you know, dictate the, the outcome of the game. I, I would I would expect that mm-hmm. I was to really try and do that and, and hopefully find success with that because you know every other team's kind of gashed them on the ground for for their victories here, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and Baylor, which are obviously top three teams in the the Big 12 right now. Um, but they mm-hmm. had great success on on Texas by just running the ball there. So I think that's one thing that definitely plays to our, our strengths. And I can How see- do you think we're gonna handle B. John Robinson? Sorry, uh-huh. I mean to interrupt. How do you think we're going to handle B. John Robinson? Um, I don't like, obviously after our, our last offensive performance, it's, I'm not feeling as greatly confident. And if Mike Rose is out again, then I'm going to be worried. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it wasn't really a, you know, I mean, West Virginia was able to run the ball on us, but it was like you mentioned, it was definitely secondary that, that kind of got picked apart there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Bichon's good and, and he can obviously kind of get his and stuff like that, but I, I don't know the, it, we're going to lose this game from like big plays and the secondary and stuff like that. Like, I'd be really surprised if we're losing this game. Cause we give up like 200 yards rushing to Bichon Robinson, but yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, I, I don't I know. Right? And plus, like, I feel like it's it's we should regress to the mean now defensively. That's like the stat nerd in me where it's like we should have some positive regression back to like, oh, we're not going to allow like 400, almost 500 plus yards of total offense to this team this week because the defense might be focusing and might have their leader back in Mike Rose. So, mm-hmm. but that's where that's at. The over under for this game is like really high too. So, um, I See, I, and I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring than people. Yeah, think. I, I it's gonna think be it cold. Be. It's gonna be an Ames. Like, it's gonna be one of those games where the players kind of got to wake up a little bit. Guys are coming from Texas. I mean, Texas is, hasn't played in cold weather yet this year. I don't think they've. Ooh, I like that. They're they're they have legitimately only played in southern states the entire year. They've either played at Texas in Arkansas, but in September. And then they've played Tech, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. So they've either been in Austin or they've been in, in Texas for all of their games this year. So they haven't had a cold weather game yet, and they're getting a cold weather night games game. That is like interesting. I, I love that you brought that up. No, that that absolutely sways a little bit of my my betting there. I 
I think that's a huge advantage for us. I mean, it's going to be, it will be about 39 around kickoff in Ames. Gross. Obviously four days out, but it's showing a low of 39 here. Sunsetting at six kickoffs at six 30. So, um, and I think you're going to get a really fucking piss off cyclone. Um, oh yeah. And base Jack Trice is going to be bumping. It is. We hate Texas. Everyone hates Texas. And I, I think the players will hopefully be able to play off that energy and, and start strong and really dictate tempo and hopefully, um, you know, come out with a, a victory here. So. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what's your final score prediction then? Okay. Um, I think it's going to be. Twenty-four seventeen, Iowa. Oh shit, that was really close to what I was gonna put. Um, okay, just to be a little bit different from you. I'm just gonna put twenty-seven twenty-one. Okay, I was I was quite literally gonna say twenty-four seventeen. Um, but yeah, I don't, don't want to be boring. All right, there you have it. I flip flopped my answer, so hopefully I'm I'm making the right move here. They were. Them and Oklahoma were my two losses at the beginning of the year. I'm flip-flopping this. I think we're going to beat Texas. Caleb Williams start against Oklahoma. That's down the road. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, this, let's just kick the shit out of Texas, dude. I'm, I'm so ready. If we, if we go into this and just blow them out, oh, my gosh, you know how good I'd feel. By the way, do you know if there's any sort of path to the Big 12 championship? I'm sure there's a lot that, like, like 15 separate things could happen and we could find ourselves in there. But I um, – I think we're pretty much kissing those hopes goodbye at this point. So Oklahoma state's already beat Baylor and they've played. So that is okay. Good. That's good. Cause essentially what we need is an Oklahoma state, Baylor, Iowa state three-way tie Oklahoma state remaining schedule is West Virginia, TCU, Texas tech and Oklahoma. So and whose schedule is that? Sorry. That was Oklahoma state's. So, okay. If West Virginia can pull some magic again for us and maybe get some rough bullshit again, um, that'd be great. But it's probably not because they just got a ranked win. So they're going to probably come out flat and OK State's going to roll and whatever. And then TCU and Texas Tech, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Then we have Oklahoma. So that's, you know. Well, almost at this point, we need Oklahoma to win out and we need to beat Oklahoma. We do need Oklahoma to, to win out besides losing to us. And then yeah. TCU, Oklahoma, K-State, and Texas Tech. So they would need to lose to Oklahoma as well. Um, and then I could see I could see K-State handing them a loss. I, I don't know why. I just feel like Baylor's due for one of those like gut-wrenching losses. And I think I think they could find that with K-State. So just upset alert, a few weeks out, K-State Baylor. I don't know. Baylor is damn good though. Tiebreak procedures, big 12 championship game tiebreak procedures um do you want me to sing while you're reading the tiebreak procedures if three more if three or more teams are tied steps one through four will be followed until the determination made if only two teams remain tied after any step the winner of the regular season game between the two tied teams shall prevail one the conference records of three or more teams will be compared against each other in a mini round robin format so 
for us three, that would just be one, 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 one. Um, okay. That one's out. That one doesn't. The next one, conference records of three or more teams will be compared against the remaining teams in the conference standings from top to bottom. So basically that is when we would win because we would have a win. We obviously have to beat Oklahoma and win out. We would be the only team that would have the win over Oklahoma. So then we would have the tie break over them. So okay. it's our case. We are Boomer Sooner fans besides the one day that we play them. And other than that, we are all, all aboard. Play that annoying ass fucking fight song as much as we can because we need that to, to get the dub skis here. So um, we need those horses to stay upright. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. our only hope. It's it's now officially out of our hands. I, I believe if we, uh, I mean, if we wouldn't have lost this last week, it would have technically still been in our hands since we still got to play Oklahoma and the other, well, Oklahoma State hasn't played them yet, but um, Baylor, Baylor hasn't played them either. Never mind. Okay. So there's still a chance. I mean, it could get really fucking messy if Oklahoma. Yeah great because Oklahoma has its three hardest well three hardest games of the year with Baylor us and then Okie State to close out so um I mean you could even have Oklahoma at three losses and then it gets like really weird um but then we'd be kind of I don't even, my brain's hurting the other two teams to this. lose well we need the other two teams to lose like mm-hmm because we already have two losses and they only have one so our the easiest math here for everyone is Oklahoma wins out, size up, um, losing to us, and we obviously have to win out. And that's, that's okay. the way we can get in. So, Liam, cut the 10 minutes in between where I asked, is there a path to the Big 12 championship, and add this in. <laughs> that, was a, that was such a tall drink of water to get there. I'm kidding. Le- Liam, leave it in. I want everyone to hear how um, incompetent we are trying to break this down because I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a little confused, but – I believe it. Cheer for Boomer Sooner. That's all you got to know. Um, and Newt, do you have anything else before we close out today? Um, you know, as always, we we love Ben. Shout out to BNC Fieldhouse. And, you know, it's the best place on Welch. We're, we're, we're all well aware of that. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, NFL football Sundays, great place to spend it. Thursday night football, great place to spend it. If you like watching basketball, if you're from Minnesota and care about hockey, great place to watch some games. Um, you know, World Series, running running low on World Series stuff to watch, but it's uh, you have zero excuses to not go to BNC Fieldhouse. Correct. Like every night, there are sports going on, and whenever mm-hmm. a game, that's the best place to watch. So, uh, and bottomless mimosas on Sundays from two to four—that's pretty damn good. That is pretty. Good. Yeah. College right. me would love that. Oh my gosh. College me. Regular me would not be looking forward to Monday and working. Mm-hmm. But, um. <laughs> but yeah, head on over to BNC, give our boy Ben a shout out. And uh, we actually do have a really fun interview uh, taking place this week. So we're doing a little, doing something a little bit different. As you guys can probably see, this is going to be just kind of our preview breakdown episode. We will have an interview with a very special guest. I'm not going to give his name quite yet, but be on the lookout for that this week. It's an awesome one. Really cool and very personable dude. Iowa State legend. I'm just going to say it. You guys will know his name. Really cool guy. A lot of fun. So please check that out. But as always, thank you for tuning in. 
And we'll be here with you guys later this week and obviously next week for hopefully a much more joyous episode after a fun Texas-Iowa State matchup. But without further ado, roll clones. Horns down, roll clones. Horns down, roll clones.